Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And we have the guru. It's the time. We have the guru. It's uh, Peter Jones at ITH. Jack, what's going on, Mr. Jones? I'm doing. I'm doing good, Steve. I'm. I'm doing it. I'm not. Oh, wrong, wrong time. Of year, no, wrong time. Sorry. Sorry. Right, that's no, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm all right. I, you know what? We send the police around your house the other night because no one has heard from you in 18 months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's some draft guide related um, social exclusion going on. Peter, I always say this, right? And we're going to. So what is this podcast about and what are people listening to? This is Peter Jones. You know him. He's on the podcast the whole time. Um, but one one absolute apart from everything's backers, but one of your absolute um, fascinating areas of expertise, and not to not to be kissing the booty too much here, okay? And that because Peter, I don't like your shoes, okay? So there we go. I've balanced off the compliment with a with an insult. Don't like shoes, Pete. I don't know if I've ever seen them because I have done some pitch. Don't like them. Um, so uh, Peter is an expert at all things draft. Peter, I say this, and when it comes out of my mouth, I I I question myself. I always say that you're working on this draft guide because the assumption would be right is that we've you've done last year's and then you go and you sit down and you do this year. So that's that's a nice tidy eleven months work, but that's not how this works, Peter. Is it? How long are you working on each draft guide? They kind of overlap, right? Yeah, they they they, they do overlap, and rough, roughly speaking, uh, so the so the 2023 one has already started. <sighs> so let's let's put it let's put it like that. So so roughly speaking, eighteen months or so. Um, I, the 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 thing that stretches out, of course, is that is that you, that you end up with myriad of notes about mm. players that you then end up trying to, you know, summarise in almost one page of A4. So, so, so if I take like Aidan Hutchinson, who's probably the number one overall pick in in this draft, I had like nineteen pages <laughs> of scribbled A4 notes. How did they come? How did they games. come about? Let's just stop because this is this is I can't let this pass. Nineteen pages of notes. <laughs> Are you watching him throughout the year and then you're sort yes. of sketching it all down? And with those 19 pages, A, how do you condense it down? And B, does a lot of that become irrelevant on its own because you say, oh, he looks like he could be good at X and then he turns out he's good or he's crap or whatever. How does that work? Yeah, so 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 you're right. A lot of it does become re- irrelevant or or you see duplications of the mm. same thing. Um, so... You know, you take these take a let's take a wide receiver because they're often easier to talk about. You know, you not might, in Packerland, be... they're not. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, don't talk about them. <laughs> we don't quite remember what those guys no, are. No, we don't. But but no, seriously. So so you know, you might you might see a guy in multiple games, and and, and a note that comes through all of them is speed or route running, or the guy can it's got an excellent catch radius, or indeed he drops lots of passes and. Like I say, you're summarising that into what might turn out to be a one-liner, even though across 19 pages it's there 18 times. You know, <laughs> he's so, he's so, really so. fast. He is so fast today. Today <laughs> he was very quick. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, I, but how do you do it though, Pete? Right? Because so to explain to people what the draft guide is, is where you get your you know top 300 players, which is mind-boggling to begin with. You sort of break down the the top. How many we do? I say we. How many are you doing this year in each sort of group? It's usually 1920. Is it per? Grouping, yes. Yeah, so, 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 so we've got about depending on the position. So there's some at 
some more at some positions that are deeper. And but but yeah, if you say the roughly 18 or 19 at each position where you've got a full, what in essence is a one page of A4 about that player, and then mm. you know there's up to kind of 10 more who are kind of half a page of A4 each at each at each position. So yeah. How do you track um, them all? Because, you know, people, because that's the thing with me is that, you know, everyone has a different interests, different time constraints and, and all this type of stuff. And I like Badgers football, but it's, you know, by the time I find it on the station and then with the Packer stuff and all this type of stuff, you know, it's just, I'm like, I, and then I'm into Formula One and, you know, I'm just like, I yeah. don't know if I can invest the time into college ball. But so, so A, how do you do it, Pete? Because that's a lot. And then does it take away enjoyment from watching the college game because you feel like you're always on, you're always writing those notes about those players? Or is that kind of part of the enjoyment for you? No, no, that is part of the enjoyment. And and I think I think what what's bizarrely I found strange over the last few years is that you spend a lot of time looking at, at these guys. So... Hmm. Um, you know, there may be like the fifth or tenth wide receiver in this class that 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 I could talk about probably for an hour just off the bat about without <laughs> having notes. Yeah, but yeah. Two year two years from now, I might even rem- you know be lucky if I can remember where he went to school mm. because you've moved on so much and you're looking at the next the next group of players. And so, you know, I have spreadsheets coming out of my ears and, and and whatever else and it's just it is it, it is it, <laughs> i was going to throw something in and get all scatological with the people would say years <laughs> and it is it's it's a it, it really it really is a a, a labor of love well, it's very popular though because we we put it out and you know everyone's waiting for this thing it's got a mind of its own so much so that even without, it's like Coca-Cola. They don't need to advertise anymore. So that's not the case. We're obviously going to advertise a draft guide. But it's that thing of, Pete, it's, this has become a thing. This is an institution now that when you release this thing, uh, and luckily through us as UK Packers, we're very grateful for it, um, that people dive on it. Because the unique thing, and maybe you could speak on this, about your draft guide is, is that it is very Packer-centric. Because we, we see all of this stuff about, like, oh, the number one Packers draft guide out there. To me, and to a lot of people, it's not a competition, so who cares? But, th- you know, this is really absolutely required reading because what you'll do is, is you've this wealth of knowledge. As you said, you can get sort of the periphery, ancillary uh, wide receiver and you can wax lyrical about him for, for you know, an hour. Um, so you have all of that knowledge and you dump it all down on the page, but in a very Packers-centric way, in a very clear and crisp way, and in a way of like, for instance, Jordan Love, you raised him as someone to watch. You had a box around it in bold and you said, this could be intriguing here. And it was intriguing and it still is intriguing. So that's <laughs> the thing is, it's very Packer centric. So when you're doing this research and you're writing down these these things, do you compartmentalize? Do you compartmentalize that sort of like, oh, he's a great player, but he's completely out for the Packers. It's not even a fit. And along those lines, then, are you sure now that you have Gudekunst sort of, we're going to talk about the Rouse score, aren't we? Gudekunst's kind of prototype as to at each position what he looks for. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, th- I think with each general manager, you eventually get this kind of pattern of the types of player they pick. But I think also also you have in the, in the back of your mind or maybe coming towards more of the forefront of your mind is eventually they're going to break that pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you can just do it by position. You know, we can just look at the Packers haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since, you know, for, forever, forever and a day. Javon Walker, I think was the, was the last, was the last one. So we're yeah. talking however many years ago that was the 2003, 2004, whenever that was. Um, but eventually, you know, even if that's their pattern, you know that they're going to pick one eventually. 
and this this year could well could well be could well be the year. But I mean, going going back to your, I think I think in your in my head you do start to you know identify that this guy is a potential Packer player and this one isn't. But it isn't really until I guess after the college season, so after into January and February of this year, that I really start to move part those players apart and say, I really like this guy, but he's probably not a Packers player because he doesn't fit, um, you know, that the kind of physical attributes, if you like. I mean, I could pick out a guy off the top of my head, Marcus Jones out of Houston's a corner. Mm. But he's probably the best return guy, punts and kickoff returns, who's come out of college in a long, long time. Super dynamic, super exciting. He's five foot nine. Mm. That's and, very tall, isn't he? Very tall. <laughs> you know, and, and and as a as a corner, as a guy that you're going to pick pick to yes return, but also be potentially a team's third corner or slot corner, totally doesn't fit the Packers' mould of six foot two, six foot three corners. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, we talk about it all the time in the pod. You know, Gudekunz's performance and how people have dogged him over certain things, and he got stuff right and he got stuff wrong. We see a trend with him where he will draft a player and give, not give up on him, but if, if it doesn't seem like it's working, he, he sees it as a sunk cost and he just cuts ties and gets rid of it, by and large. Um, so when it comes to this, Peter, I mean, you look at the players, as you said, you identify his height and you say, yeah, not really fits the, the Packers mould. Is Gudekunst, do you think, justified in having this or do you think that he could benefit by you know, thinking outside the box and going for some of these players because we've seen the Tom Brady's and the Russell Wilson's and the Jair Alexander's or whoever that, you know, for some reason were knocked on because they were too small or they weren't athletic enough or, you know, something along those lines. So, you know, when you look at Gutekunst's his performance so far, are you impressed? And do you think that this is the year that you catch him doing something that's kind of uncharacteristic for him? So, so yeah, I, I think I think he's done a really nice job over the four drafts that that he's had, and you know, I nobody's perfect at this. Yeah. So, you know, the teams themselves, you know, it, it, there's a lot of hit and miss, hit and miss about it. So, so those of us that are, you know, amateurs at amateurs at this, if you if if you like, it's easy for us to sit here and say you should pick that player or you should pick that player, because my job's not on the line if they don't do it. Yeah, or it's not on the line if they do if they do do it. But I think that I think that Guti's done a done a good job. And I and I think with all general managers, the longer they're in the role, I think the more flexible they tend to become. So I think that they have their way of doing things when they first come into the job. It's a nice, you know, they want to be as safe and secure as they can in their picks that they make early. But I think over time, they you know, like all of us, they learn and they grow into the into the job that they're in. And, and and it might actually be that some of those things that they did early, they'd never do again. Mm. Um, we just probably as fans would never find out what those, what those, what those things are. Um, you know, and reversing that, I think back to, you know, the Ron Wolf days and talking about five foot nine corners. Well, well the Packers took Terrell Buckley and Ron Wolf's first draft in 92, mm. five foot nine. That's very tall. Very he tall. Never, <laughs> he never picked. He never picked another corner under about six foot one after after that. Yeah. Because Buckley didn't. Although Buckley had a actually a nice about fifteen year NFL NFL career. He never reached the heights of being the number five o- overall pick. And I think Ron Wolf felt a little bit burnt by that, and that kind of shaped what he did in the future. And I think that happens with all 
you know, with, with, with all GMs and, you know, they, they, they live and learn if, if, you know, Guti was in the situation back in 2020 with the Jordan love pick, knowing what he knows now, would he have made that pick? We don't, we don't know. We, you know, we don't, we don't know. So they can only make the best pick that they can able to make at the time based on where they are at the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at the Packers and again, we've spoken on this enough, so I won't go on too much about it, but looking at the Packers, it looks like, you know, some of these missteps are kind of covered up by them pulling stuff back from the precipice, be it the Aaron Rodgers situation. And I know people have strong feelings about whether, you know, when, when he got signed uh, again, you know, people are like, oh, this is the worst day in Packers history. Um, you know, which, and I'm not taking the piss out of that because if people feel that way, then that's fine. If they think we should have cut and run and got picks and done all this, well, that's fine. And we don't know what's in play now. Um, so it, it is amazing that it's, and again, there's that old trope, isn't there, that, look, disgrading the draft. And yes, we do it. You know, you'd look at it and go, well, in all circumstances, it has this potential. And that's fine, too, as, you know, punditry goes. Um, but it's very hard to sort of analyze, isn't it, in sort of isolation, because we look at the wide receiver stuff and Jordan Love, as you say, and then how that all played out and did that act as a motivator for Rodgers? And, yeah. you know, did that bring everybody to the edge to pull them back again and somehow solidify and, you know, galvanize the squad? Who knows? But here's the question that we want to ask. I want to kind of get rid of the tropes if we can, because you're the best man to ask about what is coming up in this draft, because I see an awful lot of, and I would call them amateurs, and I not I don't even register on that scale um, of doing it, but you've shown consistently and time and time again, and not be the kiss ass, is that when you compare, you know, your picks and how it's all played out versus the experts' picks, you always grade above them. Um, I don't know, I can't remember, and don't correct me, if there's a year that... Uh, you've ever graded below them. I'm, I'm convinced you've, you've like whacked, wiped the floor with them every single year. So we definitely value your opinion. So let's start here. You look at this Packers team. There's a lot of talk about wide receiver. Before we even go near whether there's wide receivers in this draft, in your mind, Pete, what do you see as the needs for this Packers team coming into this draft? Um, bizarrely, and, and, and this is going to sound bizarre for a team that was 13 and three mm. or 13 and four last Quarterback. year. Quarterback. <laughs> Peter Donaldson. Uh, Peter. No, no, no. <laughs> I think they're in a great position in that they can pick almost any position in in round one, um, barring quarterback, barring running back, because those are where they don't where they don't have needs. But but almost any other position, um, you can take the best player available at pick twenty two or pick twenty eight, and you're going to significantly upgrade the team. Yeah. So, so 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 you could say, you know, offensive tackle. Well, they've got all kinds of question marks for offensive tackle. Back to Ari came back for half a game last year. Billy Turner's moved on. So so, so so, there's a lot of sense in offensive tackle. Defensive line has been a need for years. Mm. Another linebacker to play, you know, alongside Devondre Campbell. Wide receiver, obviously. Tight, tight end, they've had question marks over for the last two or three years. They leave, seem to be living from year to year at, at that position. So you could take lots of positions today. Best player available re- really, really works. And I, and I think for the... For the Packers, you know, it's a nice position to be in on a 13-win team mm. to say whoever I select is going to upgrade a 13-win team. It's an incredible position to be in. And we sort of spoke about the whole, you know, is Aaron Rodgers doing it in spite of wide receiver help? Is he, you know, sort of biting off his nose to spite his face kind of thing of like showing that he can do it with the wide receiver court that he has and then also bemoaning the fact that they don't give him hashtag weapons. Um, so... I guess let's talk about there because it, it is the hot topic, um, this whole wide receiver thing. And the buzzword that's been around, Pete, and I don't believe it until it comes out of your mouth here, is that the, the draft is very deep at wide receiver. 
Is that the case or is that just something people are throwing around and it's become fashionable now? No, it, it, it really is. So I think for the third year in a row, this is a deep draft in, in wide receivers from, from about pick nine or ten onwards all the way through the rest of the draft. So, so the only thing this draft doesn't have is um, you know, a guy that's going to go in the top five as a wide receiver, whereas yeah. previous, previous drafts have, 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 have had that. I mean, last year's, I think, Jamar Chase, for example, went number four, mm. I think, last year. And proved why his, his, yeah, his season absolutely. was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So we don't have that guy in this draft, but what we do have is six or seven guys that you could easily put a first-round first grade on mm. this year and make a case for any of those six or seven going in the first round. Now, having said that, I don't think six or seven are likely to go in the first round. That's just not the way it typically works um, because, you know, teams will be looking at other positions. They want a pass rusher or they want a tackle or they want a corner, whatever it whatever it might be. But, you know, if those seven went in the first round, it would be easy to justify why. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, look, it's a little bit easier this year because before what the, the whole sort of talking points were around, does he go for someone who's not blockbuster? And we saw the Justin Jefferson potential trade and the Vikings told them to, they scrawled in their faces and told us where to go. And then, you know, you sort of go, okay, well, any other wide receiver was sort of similar and maybe as inconsistent or whatever, potentially as MVS and ESB. And you look at now, Peter, they don't have that problem anymore because MVS and ESB aren't in the building anymore. Yeah. It, it becomes an actual position of need. Um, do you think the Packers are kind of in a bad situation in, in a way because people know that they need a wide receiver allegedly? And then a adding to that, is this all smoke and mirrors? Because we all know that Aaron Rodgers does not like to throw to new wide receivers unless he really trusts them and builds up that rapport. So, Peter, not unless he's willing. And he always puts us on the receivers, by the way, is that if they're willing to contact him like Brady and his crew and sort of do off-season sort of workouts and stuff to build up that rapport is that are we going down the wrong path here talking about wide receivers in the first round anyway because they might package up some picks and go for someone who's experienced because that's the guy that Rodgers will want. Uh, is, it a, is it a red herring, basically, this wide receiver talk for round one? I, I, it's not a red herring if, if they don't trade for a guy or, or, or pick up a, a free agent. I think it would be a completely different discussion if Devontae Adams was still there. Um, but then, of course, if Devontae Adams were still there, we wouldn't have these extra, extra picks. Yeah. Um, if you know, if in the next couple of weeks the Packers haven't traded traded for a guy, you know, and we keep hearing the same um, same names cropping up uh, now that I, I think Terry McLaurin of the, of the Washington Commanders' names cropping up as potential um, trade for somebody. Um, but if 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 they don't make a move for a guy, then it's inconceivable that they won't pick a wide receiver. In, in the first round, to me, it's inconceivable anyway. And and I would imagine that they will pick two in the first first two or three rounds. Yeah. And do you think um, that's justified in this draft, Pete? I mean, do you think they're getting yeah. value for money when they do that? Yeah, it is that deep. I think I think in this in this draft, definitely, because even if you even if you, you know, if you took that those those seven potential first rounders and say five or six go in the first round, that means one of those guys drops into round two. Mm. And then you've also got a bunch of guys in in round two and round three as well. Um, you know, guys guys that had some injury concerns perhaps earlier in their careers, like George Pickens of Georgia and and I uh, like Sky Moore from Western Michigan. 
Um, so there's guys in rounds in rounds two, John Mechie of Alabama, another guy that's had, had injuries, but would probably be a first round pick without the injuries. So, so I think there's definitely a bunch of guys in round two and in and in round three, Jalen Talbot, South South Alabama, big guy kind of fits the Packers mold. Yeah. So there's absolutely, you know, in the first three rounds, guys that that would be value in 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 this draft at, at, at those positions, at that, at that position, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, look, next week the draft guide is going to be out and it's going to be snapped up. And again, to let people know, and, you know, for as long as you want to keep doing this, Pete, it's just, I mean, you cannot get better value. The thing is free. It's free. free. It's free 99. It doesn't cost anything. You put it out there and you're gracious when people come in and, you know, start asking questions and stuff like that, which is brilliant. But, and I think, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I think that's part of the point of the whole thing, isn't it? Is that it is that, it creates discussions, yeah. and there'll be and there'll be plenty of people that that you know have looked at this draft and, will, and may totally disagree with you know what we're saying, and that's absolutely fine because it's just all about creating discussions about what the Packers might or might not do, and you know we love to talk football. However, whether we agree or disagree, it's it's about you know having those discussions and just having some banter about it. Well, what's the secret sauce, Pete? Because like you look at yours, it's free. Uh, you know, other people charge for theirs, and they're very well. You're you're you should charge for yours uh, if we're being honest, and you don't, which is crazy to me. And maybe people out there can contact you and buy your coffee you didn't ask me to say this you definitely would not <laughs> buy me a, be the buy one me to a starbucks yeah. buy a starbucks other, yeah. other coffees are available I should say. but starbucks are the most expensive <laughs> so buy pete starbucks um so look it, it's incredible stuff but when it comes to that sort of difference in the in opinion pete how much stock do you put in the other experts because you know everyone's releasing their sort of you know top 10 top 100 top whatever do you use those as a benchmark um do you only look is it one of those things where you only look at it after you have yours done and then you kind of examine the tape to see well did i have a point there yeah yeah so it's absolutely the, the latter that you've just that you've just described and, it, and it's difficult at this time of the year to stay away from a lot from a lot of that stuff and you know you're absolutely right there's some great experts out there that do this stuff for a living you know and there are some other really good draft preview stuff out there people that do ex excellent work um but for me it's always been about i want to get my guys in position i want to get my notes together or i want to be happy where i am with those with those guys and then if i hear you know maybe an expert on tv talking about player x or i read something about player y and they make a note that he does this or he doesn't do that I'll go back and look at it, um, particularly if it doesn't agree with what where my thinking is. That doesn't mean I'm going to change it. Is but but is it you know as one person it's quite possible that I've missed something, or for for whatever reason. So I'm happy, absolutely happy to be guided and so I'll go and take another look at that. Yeah, which which is why you enjoy the debate, right? Because that's why any any sort of you know draft uh, opinion that comes into us. And I put my hands up and say, look, absolutely not. Totally out of my wheelhouse. This is your, absolute your thing. And that's why I'd always sort of bring you into the conversation because, you know, you'll have people who sort of, you know, put their colours to the mast and they say, no, this guy, that guy, whatever, and everything else is inconceivable. Whereas for you, you, you definitely do take that approach. You can see it, that people say stuff and you go, all right, okay, yeah, I can see why. And if you don't get completely get where they're coming from or why they think that, you'll say, well, you know, explain to me what... Yeah. Why do you think that works or whatever? Have you ever been surprised by something where you've kind of overlooked somebody? I I doubt though, Pete, right? Because I mean, if you look at your sort of top 10 and your draft order and stuff like that, I'd say it again, you wipe the floor with these dudes. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I, and I think it's important to kind of finish that point by saying that 
that when this thing comes out, that that I want to be happy with the, with what I've said. So so at the end of the day, if it's going to be wrong, I want it to be wrong because I've got it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the the obvious one for me, the, the guy that I didn't rate as highly was Jair Alexander. So I looked specifically at the Packers picks and I, and I, and I thought that he would be um, towards the end of the first round or, or early second round, kind of, you know, from 25 to 35 in 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 the draft. And I think that's probably the biggest because he's such a high profile player and has got on to be the fantastic player that he is and an all pro all pro corner. Hmm. Um, I I thought he had chances to be that level, but I didn't realise that he was going to be as good as as good as he is. So 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 that that was be the one kind of pre draft hmm. guy that that you know in retrospect yeah I, did, I had him ranked strength slight, slightly lower. But again, to stress though, slightly lower. But this is the magic of, I think, your draft guy. With you've shown, because the thing is, everyone can come out and, and and say they're a draft guru. They, you know, they specialize in this, that, and the other. And there's people that make their money uh, on all of these stations where they bring, oh, who's a draft expert? And then, like, I did this deep dive into like these mock drafts and what these experts were saying, and some of them are complete pants. Um, and I get that it's there's that sort of entertainment value to it. Uh, but it just goes to show that, you know, if someone gets past the Peter Jones method, it's kind of fairy tale stuff, really, isn't it? Because you look at it and go, that's the story. That's the story right there. Because, you know, it'd be terribly boring if everything was just spot on. But let me just do the flip side, because it's, it's you know, crappy to focus on, like, oh, who slipped by the net? Because he didn't really slip by that far. Was there anybody that, or certain players, and I know you, you know, said earlier in the podcast, you think of these players you can tell me what they have for breakfast and then you literally forget who they are but is there any players that you remember looking into Pete and going I don't know why people aren't talking about this guy this guy's going to be a stud and then it happens and then you're like going it's in print I said it so I think I think the, the obvious one from last year's draft was Creed, was Creed Humphrey who? Um, I've never heard <laughs> Peter <laughs> so, 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 and I keep and I keep beating on about that one but 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 for me that guy was easily the number one interior offensive lineman number one center in last year's draft and it was a shock to me that he fell right to to the end of round round two mm. and at the time that happens and at a time somebody's slipping down the draft you begin to think well it must be me <laughs> there must there must be something that teams have seen that i've just completely yeah. missed mm. and of course then he turns out to be you know any all rookie team and all pro center the number one ranked center for a pff for most of last year and you think yeah, I probably got that one right. Um, <laughs> Famously so, so, so. I mean, you would not stop banging that drum. I mean, we had to well, cut you, you off to. like you an Oscar to. speech. You, you have to because you make so many mistakes. You want to hide those <laughs> by shouting about one that you did, shouting about the one that you did you did get right. So, so that's that's the one I like. And, and I have to, you know, and, and also you mentioned like Jordan Love. I I was happy about that one. However, you feel about the Jordan Love pick, mm. it 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 just felt to me like that was a player the Packers were going to pick. And and, and my only um, sadness about that pick was in our draft, I wasn't even more certain in my wording <laughs> said they will pick him. Yeah. But I, t- I can vouch for it though, in the pre-prod you were, you were, you were like, look lads, you know what I mean? If only, damn it, if only I recorded the pre-prod stuff. I mean, I'm glad I don't, but if I did, <laughs> oh, there's the evidence. AJ Dillon was another one who, who went around higher than I, than I, thought he, I thought he would go but one of the knocks that people were giving him was that was that he couldn't catch yeah or he's had no pass receiving experience and whatever else and multiple times I came out and said ignore that yeah 
just ignore it. It's one thing if the guy doesn't catch a lot of passes if he's thrown a lot of passes. But, yeah. you know, when he was being thrown six balls a season at Boston <laughs> College. Yeah, do you uh, know what, people were, he only people caught six. He only yeah, caught six. Yeah, he didn't catch a lot. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then when you saw him in the in the combine, um, you know, he showed, demonstrated some excellent pass receiving skills, great hands, et cetera, et cetera. He just looked like a guy that, given the opportunity, playing in the right offense, would catch 20, 30, 40, 40 balls a year. And that's what he's turned out to be. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm kind of that guy who, when we pick them up, I look at the highlight and go, yeah, great player. You know, <laughs> kind of like, and that's what I saw in AJ Dillon. But I tell you, I was jazzed about him because. He was one. Was 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 was. I'm a buzzy bee. Uh, he was one of these guys uh, who you brought up to say, you know, just because he hasn't done it doesn't mean he's bad at it. Um, and you know, and proved out to be right. I mean, that's another one that just sort of hit the hit the nail on the head there as well. I, I think the other thing is, and it's it's finding a balance when you look at these guys and you're trying to assess them for the for the, for the draft. It's how deep do you dive into them? Because if mm. because if you look at every player, you're going to find flaws in every player. Yeah. Um, and, and I've, my attitude's always been, let's try and find the things that, that he does well. Mm. Right. So, so if, if he's a wide receiver, who doesn't have a lot of speed. Let's not concentrate too much on the fact that he doesn't have a lot of speed. If, if he's got a great release from the line of scrimmage, if he's got great hands, if he makes yards after the catch, if he runs great routes, et cetera, et cetera, let's not get into the fact that he doesn't have great speed because like I say, every one of them is going to have something they don't they don't have. Yeah, kind of accentuate the positives about players. Yeah, and I mean, and that's not being sort of airy fairy about it and trying to look at the positive side. But the thing is, I mean, they're going to be selected for their strengths. Basically, they're going to be looked at, and of course, the negatives and the sort of stuff that they're not good. It's going to be looked at. But you're going to pick someone up, uh, Pete, to be a, a returner if they're a fantastic returner. You're not going to be worried about the fact that his shoes are blue. You know, and this is exactly it. And I, I, yeah, it's important. You know, in any in any sport in any walk of life that 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 you allow people to do the things that they're good at mm. and don't get them trying to do the things that they're not so good at yeah you know so joan better so, be listening don't, don't... and so will your missus i mean stop <laughs> trying to get us to do diy i mean we've told you before you know you ask certain players to do certain things but don't complain when you put them in a in a, in a position that they're not comfortable with and that they don't perform well yeah. you know Put, put people in positions to make plays. Exactly. So basically what you're saying is Demarius Randall was done wrong when he was with the Packers. Pete, we hear you <laughs> loud and clear. The guy was outstanding. He was just in the wrong position. They dropped Preston into coverage. I mean, Pete, they can't be doing it. Um, look, very, very excited about your draft guide. Do you want to t- give the give the people uh, an, an estimate, an ETA, if you will? Let's circle back and, and touch base, Pete, about when your draft guide, because I believe you put a percentage on it in pre-prod. Can you give that percentage in? Can you give it ETA? Touch so, base, Pete, so, so, when it's going to be eight. <laughs> so it was 90-something, wasn't it? I see, yeah. I've forgotten already what 98. I said Because I think the 2% was like, my one of my drawings, <laughs> my one drawing for the pod. So I think I'm holding so, up the show here. So, 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 the, so, the, so the plan here is somewhere around the middle of the middle of next week. So it's Thursday as we record this. So mm. Wednesday ish next next week. And and it's oh, it's really again about finding the balance, isn't it? Is is you want it out early enough so people have got time to read it and digest it, but also not not too early, in that you want to catch as many of the pro days, you know, the workouts that that these players are doing in case there's a major touch wood there won't be a major injury or something that 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 occurs that kind of throws things 
a bit of a wobbly. Oh, there will be peace. There will be the day of the draft guide. What was it? <laughs> when we put out a podcast, it was literally like two minutes after we put it out and I'd gone to bed and it was fine. And then they traded someone big. I can't even remember who it is because I blocked it out because it's hurtful for me, Peter. It's hurtful for me. I don't want to think about it, Peter. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to put it to print piece and you're, you know, one of the top 10 guys is just going to, I don't know, fart too loudly and his arse cheeks are going to fall off, piece, and then he won't be able to play because we all know you can't play football with just a singular arse cheek. It's not going to work. It's equilibrium, Pete. It's science. Everyone knows this. Um, so look, yeah, very excited. So the structure is that the draft guide is going to be out. Um, people are going to rejoice and do cartwheels full of nudity. And then the following, so it's going to be, I'd say, Wednesday. So we're going to record a Thursday pod and it's going to be, I think we pick offense where we pee first because we can't, we have to satiate people's appetites for wide receiver and start picking some names here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we go offense on next Thursday, and then the following week we'll go defense. Um, and then after that, we usually do our kind of wrap up, and we can suck up all these, you know, storylines if if anybody's sort of dropping or, or rising or whatever is happening, which um, obviously you factor into your guide anyway. So mostly media overreaction. So Pete, is there anything else you want people to know about this draft guide or your process before we shoot on and get ready uh, for the big drop next week? No, I think I think I think we're I think we're about good. Um we've got we've got a nice article in there that looks back at one of the Packers previous drafts. Ooh. What's what's regarded as perhaps the Packers best draft ever. Oh. I, won't give, I won't give the year away but people might be able to guess that. So we so it's a nice little article in 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 the guide about that. So yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to having it finished, Steve. Yeah, I'd say you are. <laughs> and uh, as he works on 2024, uh, draft in the background. Look, I can't stress enough, uh, the guide is brilliant. Um, read it, digest it, and get in touch with Peter, right? So at IT Hedgehog, uh, you can be found on. You're also in the group on Facebook, and you always get back to um, questions and stuff like that in the Facebook. And it's that dialogue that you love, Peter. And of course... Long may you continue. Are you ever going to get sick of a piece? Are you ever going to come to your senses and realize, you know, you don't want to do this anymore? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. You know, I've been yes. I've been doing something with the draft for yeah for for, 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 a long, for a for a for a long time. I just I just really really enjoy it, and um, yeah, and it's it's just good fun to like you say to to have banter and chat with with other people out there, whether they agree with what's in it or disagree with what's in it. That's fine, but to to just generate some conversation and some lots of Packers conversation. I disagree with Pete. I dare you. Dare you to. And Ted, say it to his face. Say it to his face. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how tough you are. Do you know what, Pete? I'm going to say this, but I saw Cooper Cup uh, before the draft one time and I thought he looked great. And I said that he would be a superstar. There you go. And he was. So, I mean, you know. On that, base, on that basis, Stephen, you should be writing the draft guide next I year. I should not be writing it. <laughs> okay. uh, here's another one. I also was very high on Kevin King. So, I've been at Steady the NFL. He's been at IT Hedgehog. You can find us at UK Packers on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter box. And until the big reveal uh, next week and the podcast that comes thereafter and the podcast and the podcast that comes thereafter. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. Go, Pack, go.